You are listening to Extra AF. This is where we bring you some contemporary stories in the news and stories from you, our beloved listeners. I'm Tina. I'm Natalie. And I'm Ashley. And this is our September episode. <laughs> I like September. You want to know why? Because it's my anniversary month. What, what? Oh, yeah. How many years will it be? Oh, Jesus. Uh, Four. Oh, shit. Y'all yeah. married. <laughs> I don't know, math. Yeah. Nice. Four. I read a study one time that said that the first year of marriage and the third year of marriage are the hardest. So, woo, we made it. Like, they used to call it the seven-year itch, but now they say it's year three because... Life is so different now and so fast-paced and so many distractions. They say the third year is the hardest. So. Good to know. Yeah. I did it. Good job. <laughs> Smooth sailing from here, right? Suck at statistics. <laughs> Wait, so this will be your fourth year? or? Yeah. So I guess, yeah, you're well past it. But I was going to say, if this was like you're approaching four years, then like <laughs> right the night before it. it's over and just going to explode. <laughs> yeah. No, it's awesome. just like you're stuck with me forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Well, and by the time this comes out, I will have turned 31. What? Yeah, yeah, because this will drop on what the first, and my birthday's on the 29th. Awesome. Okay, mm-hmm. so the other day my back was hurting really bad, so I went to the chiropractor and asked <laughs> how old I was, and I forgot how old I was. And then I was like, oh, shit. So I had to use a calculator to figure out that I'm 34, not 33. And I felt like a complete dumbass. <laughs> That's well, an absolutely true story. So. <laughs> well, I uh, now that I'm living in Shreveport, there's a ton of colleges here. And I was walking into a pizza place a while ago. And this really sweet old man was like, oh, did you just move here to start college? And I was like, God bless you. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, I'm about to be 31. Uh, yeah, people used to ask me and Natalie all the time if we went to high school and we went to the library. I'm like, no. That is very true. Well, even today, I, I got my hair cut and the lady asked me, so are you in school? <laughs> no, I'm actually professional. Yeah, <laughs> I'm real professional. But I still love how, like, Ashley says, it's my birthday, and that immediately goes to chiropractic story. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, because as we age, our bodies deteriorate. <laughs> I don't know about you, actually, but thirty hit me like a goddamn freight train. Oh. <laughs> it's like I woke up and I was like, everything hurts. I literally I said the words while ago. My fibromyalgia is flaring, <laughs> so I'm eating a gluten-free pizza. Thirty has been rough. <laughs> So yeah, on that cheerful, not at all morbid note, should we hop into it? Absolutely. Tina's over there pouring her drink if you can't hear. (laughs) ASMR. Yes. I'm trying not to crunch in your ear and she's giving you some nice ASMR over there. Oh, I know. She got some pizza and it looks really good. Oh man, it's so good. (laughs) All right. You want to go first, Natalie, with your librarian story? Uh, yes, of course, sure. So I found on ALA News, which is the American Library Association, they have awarded Tulsa Library, the county library, the an award, the Future Award, and it's just really cool. So I'm just going to read that real quick. So prestigious. It is. It's, it's going to be really prestigious, but they're doing really cool things. So I'll tell you a little bit about what they're doing. 
here in a second. So the Tulsa City County Library in Tulsa, Oklahoma has been selected to receive the 2019 Library of the Future Award sponsored by the ALA and Information Today, Inc. Publishing Company. Blah. <laughs> Sorry, I just like a mouthful, all of that together. <laughs> Say it five times fast. <laughs> no, I'll take a drink instead. <laughs> yep, you're welcome. The library was selected for implementing the community-driven idea of a creator-focused digital training and workspace, dubbed the Digital Literacy Lab. Working with community members, the library crafted a vision of a 21st century library, which was used to guide the 2016 $55 million renovation of the downtown Tulsa Central Library, ultimately creating the Digital Literacy Lab, a space where individuals from community come together to experiment with new and emerging technologies and learn digital literacy skills. And so what they did is they... <laughs> got funding from all sort of local businesses and nonprofits. They got family historians, local organizations and educators, outreach programs, technology meetups. They have classes. And what they're doing is fucking awesome. This is what some of the stuff they have. Other than the fact that they just have classic computer lab digital classes. So if you need help, you know, with your word, learn how to print, all that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> You know, that's your place. But they also have flight simulators. What? That's cool. Yes. Digitization equipment. So, like, if you have an old VHS or old film Ooh. you want to make digital, they have equipment that will scan it and make it digital for you. Oh, don't tell my mom that. She has this blackmailed VHS tape of me when I did ballet. <laughs> she's, like, threatening to make it a DVD so we can watch it. I'm like, no! Oh, Miss no. Alita, if you're in Tulsa... <laughs> Oh, yeah. I love Tulsa. They have coding workshops, video game technology. Like, I'm looking at their website, and it just, they have, like, a little bit of everything. It's a really cool lab. I don't know. I just recommend going there. It just is really yeah. neat. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Like, if you're in Tulsa, go take pictures for us. Email them to us. We want a virtual tour. If you oh, work yeah. in Tulsa, yeah. send us pictures. I'm actually going to Tulsa in a few months to see uh, the Indigo Girls. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, cool. And I was just there in June to see my favorite comedian, Eddie Izzard, with my mom. It was a lot of fun. I, I won $700 so at the casino that weekend. Nice. Okay. Her and her mom win more money at the casino than anybody I know. Like, their luck is just amazing. <laughs> Every story is like, oh, my mom won like $2,000 at the, the casino. Like, I know. One summer, luck like that? <laughs> one summer, my mom went a few times and she won like $6,000 one summer. Going gambling with your mom. <laughs> I don't even I mean that as a your mom joke. I'm just going with your mom. I know. She's so sweet and funny. You'll like her. And we used it to help fix the car, and I think we had to have house repairs, too. So we used it for all good stuff. And Look, okay, so there's a bunch of casinos here in Shreveport. So um, if y'all ever want to come down. Like, <laughs> I was excited. I won $50 in Vegas and promptly lost it. So <laughs> I'm always happy with a little win. As long as I can make some gas money, I'm always fine. Real but no, fun. what happened is on our way to Tulsa, we hit several casinos. <laughs> Because <laughs> the whole road is casinos. Might from as well. Where we live to Tulsa. And the first casino we hit, I, I had a huge bonus. I won $150. The next casino got another $100. Went to Tulsa, 
Game of Thrones, I hit one of their bonuses, got three hundred dollars. And we wow. went the next day and kind of had the same thing. And so total, I, I won about $700 total. And I, I used that to buy souvenirs and it paid for the hotel room and the tickets and everything. Damn. Right. Next time you play the Game of Thrones slot machine, I need you to hum and sing our Game of Thrones podcast song. Podcast, <laughs> you're the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> and it plays podcast. all the music like while you're doing it. And then the dragon flies in and stuff. It's pretty what? awesome. Oh, man, that sounds amazing. It was a lot of fun. Anyways, but the Tolson Library, go there. It's really neat. They spent a lot of money renovating it and lots of great things. Tolson Library and casinos. Yes. (laughs) Too bad those aren't uh, the same thing. Tolson Library and casino. (laughs) Listen, Tulsa, we have an idea. The library of the future. (laughs) Yes. Love it. Get, Get some free services and make some money while you're here. Dang, dang. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right? Well, on I that love note, it. <laughs> should I uh, read our first listener story of this oh, episode? No. We have the history one, too. Oh, we do. <laughs> what? Actual history? What? No. Oh, so I think that if you have the internet or the TV, you probably saw this news article about the Titanic. So... I looked at an article by the Smithsonian that was written by Jason Daly, and it came out yesterday, so this is brand spanking new. In early August, crews aboard the Triton submarine, which is just a great name for a submarine. Mm -hmm. It's a two-man submersible limiting factor descended into the North Atlantic to visit the wreck of the Titanic. So everybody has seen those, like, iconic photos of the Titanic, but they were Mm -hmm. all taken 14 years ago. So this is the first images we've had in 14 years, and it, it's not great. Oh, no. <laughs> so what they found is that the mass of metal is quickly deteriorating due to rust, salt, and colonies of sea creatures and a constant flow of ocean currents. The team made five dives over the course of eight days under the watch of the NOAA representative. And according to a press release, the sub was equipped with special cameras to capture the wreck for the first time for a documentary to be produced by London-based Atlantic Productions. Besides film footage, the sub also captured images that allow researchers to create a 3D model, which is really cool. Like, a lot of historians are kind of moving towards this to try to preserve. So, like, Notre Dame, when it burned down, they're going to be able to restore it absolutely perfectly because a historian did a 3D model of it. So they have an image, a 3D image of exactly how it looked like before the fire. So kind of cool for this too. But since the last time that the ship was surveyed, 14 years ago, many of the recognizable features have disappeared. So a lot of the things from that original picture that we imagined doesn't exist anymore. And it just like blew everybody's fucking mind because we're like, what happened? I got a burp. (laughs) (laughs) Extra. when I drink soda and vodka. I'm like, so the officer's quarters, including the captain's rooms, have vanished. And the hull is beginning to collapse completely. And it's taking all the staterooms with it. Mm. Which is that iconic picture is the captain's quarters. You know, it's just all gone now. So people are like, what the hell are you doing? It makes me really sad. <laughs> yeah, this is really, really, really depressing. So William J. Broad from New York Times reports that the crow's nest, so the actual spot where somebody's like, iceberg, straight ahead, it's completely gone. 
And so is the poop deck. Not the poop deck. Not the poop deck. (laughs) So according to Titanic historian Parks Stevenson, which... How cool it'd be to be a Titanic historian. It's a very historian name. Okay. One of the leaders of this expedition said that the most shocking area of the deterioration was the starboard side of the officer's quarters, where the captain's quarters were. Another part of the ship that's disappeared is the captain's bathtub, which is a favorite image among the Titanic enthusiasts. So a lot of times in the wreckage, you see his bathtub. That's one of the other pictures that circulated. The bathtub's completely gone. And I'm so dumb. So a lot of these articles were like, the captain's tub is gone. And I was like, well, obviously that can't be made a bathtub. It's probably some like ship name or something. No, it's actually a bathtub. So I felt like an idiot. But like, did it rust <laughs> away or did it like get it, taken? It's a mixture of bacteria eating away and rust. And then the oh. big, there's like a massive current that's kind of washing everything away. Oh, okay. But okay. I'm way as- too dumb for this. As I googled Captain's Tub, <laughs> what came up, and I gotta send you a picture of the cover. So, here it is. It's, <laughs> it's called Titanic. The Titanic and the Lou, and the subheading is, A Very Sexy Lord in a Tub Tempts the Heroine. Is this a Chuck Tingle <laughs> book? Uh, no. Oh. Oh, I sent you the picture. It's a girl named Gina, but holy shit, guys. Damn, Gina. Cover. <laughs> and we will put this on Facebook and our website because it is amazing. And then I tried to find the website where she had talked about the book, and it's all gone now. So I don't know what happened to the said book. But I know the cover is very like, "How you doing?" Yeah, it's, it's just, like it's like a hot dude like trying to get out of a bathtub, and then you get like the but in the worst way around. possible. Yeah. <laughs> like his feet are up in the air, but he's also pulling himself out at the same time, like yeah. the girl coming out of the well on the ring. But I'm also I got questions. Like the tagline is like a sexy lord in a tub tempts our heroine. I don't understand. Is this <laughs> like, the Titanic, whole right? Time? Yeah, Most people is- die, right? Yes. So I guess. I don't know if it's trying to be like a Jack and Rose love story situation, but I mean, what kind of lady back then is just going to walk in a dude in a tub? Apparently, Apparently this kind of lady. I don't know. I love the top of it. It says, what if you met a sexy gambler on board and he wanted more than a kiss? That's at the very top of it. Oh. Oh. I would be the number one person that they would be like, ma'am, we're going to need you to stop walking into people's bathrooms un- unannounced. I know, why is his lip so red? Just trying to find my lord in a tub. But yeah, her name is Gina Bacar. And I even, like, tried to find her on Twitter, and there's only one picture still available. Like, her website, WordPress, doesn't have that picture anymore, which is a damn shame, because... Is that another book in the bottom right? The Titanic Rhapsody? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is another kind of Fabio... Fabio-inspired. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of, like, super romantic... Love novels. I'm digging the beard, though. I like the beard. (laughs) (laughs) I do like some scruff. All right. So, back to the devastating news of the Titanic. Oh, yeah. I'm sad. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Just had to throw some levity in there. They said that there's absolutely nothing conservators could do to stop the decay because it's a natural process. Expedition scientist Claire Fitzsimmons of Newcastle University tells Rebecca Morell of the BBC that Metal-munching microbes are what are responsible for the decay. Appreciate uh, the alliteration. 
Right? It's amazing. She said there are <laughs> microbes on the shipwreck that are eating away at the iron of the wreck itself, creating a rustical structure, which is much weaker form of metal. So that's a little something I didn't know. These rusticles, which are essentially stalactites of rust attached to the wreck, they're disturbed and they simply crumble into dust, which I also didn't know rust did that. So I learned a lot here. <laughs> Bryn Holland at History.com reports, researchers projected that the ship might last for a very long time since it wasn't believed that organisms could live at the crushing depths where the ship is located. But in 2010, researchers confirmed that the rusticle is created by a extremophile bacteria called Halomonas titanicae, which I'm assuming they named after Titanic. And it's gobbling up the hole. That's a quote there. Mollusks, meanwhile, are eating away most of the wood left on the shipwreck. Researchers will use the new images to assess how quickly the different types of metal used to build the ship have eroded to get a better understanding of how much longer it's going to actually last. In a BBC story last year, Lori Johnston, a microbial ecologist and a six-time visitor of the Titanic, estimated that the current rate of decay means the Titanic only has 20 to 50 years left before it's unrecognizable. That's so sad. Right? So, essentially, in our lifetimes, the Titanic is going to be completely gone. Makes me really sad. I hope these listener emails are better, chipper, because... The National Geographic reports the ocean liner struck an iceberg close to midnight at, you know, April 14th, 1912. Just two hours later, the ship cracked in half. And if you watch the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, you know that. Despite decades of looking, the wreck was not located until an expedition led by famed oceanographer Robert Ballard, who identified it in 1985. Which I know I know the Titanic story, but I didn't realize it was 1985 that they discovered it. So... Hmm. I was Sorry, I didn't know that either. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, dozens of expeditions by explorers, artifact salvagers, tourists, and unmanned vehicles have visited the ship. Some of those visits, Ballard tells National Geographic, may be hastening, haste, hastening, hastening <laughs> is demise by bumping into the ship and making holes. So that pisses me off. A lot of these people are just like tourists, fucking shit up. Yeah, Which, fuck those guys. Here's my PSA. Stop fucking shit up when you're going to see stuff. If you're going to a historical place, be respectful. Don't fuck it up. This is why we can't go to Stonehenge anymore. The Step Pyramids of Mexico, you're not allowed on those anymore because people are yes. fucking shit up. Yeah, well, and like when the national parks were shut down this last year, somebody went into fucking Joshua Tree and cut down the trees. How? Oh, why? Why? If yeah. you know that person, I want you to go, like, pause this right now and go V8 slap that person on the forehead. Yes. With a shovel. Also, PSA, if you go into a national park, leave with more trash than you go in. Just be a decent human. During that shutdown, there were mountains of trash, and the people that worked there, like, couldn't get to it because they weren't working. They weren't getting paid. But most of them went to work unpaid to clean up all the shit you guys left. Probably not you guys, because if you're listening to this podcast, you appreciate history. So You're an actual, real human being <laughs> with opposable thumbs. and Preaching yeah. to the choir, basically. Oh. Yeah. I'm a part of a lot of, like, emerging professional groups in the museum world, and a lot of the National Park people were posting pictures of what was going on, and it was horrifying. There were literally, like, people shitting on the road and leaving toilet paper. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> so you, I, oh my God, I hope your mother slaps you in the face. No home training. Nobody has any goddamn home training anymore. Yeah, where's the home training? Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Go on. Don't get in a submarine and poke holes in the Titanic. This is why we can't have nice things. Okay, moving on. In 2012, Fowler proposed painting the wreck with an anti-fouling paint to preserve it as long as possible, but that project hasn't come to pass. Robert Blythe from the National Maritime Museum in Greenwich told Morell of the BBC that though it's a little depressing to watch the historic iron and grave slowly disappear, such surveys are important. The wreck itself is the only witness we've got now of the Titanic disaster. All the survivors have now passed away, so I think it's incredibly important to use the wreck while the wreck still has something to say, which I thought was, like, the most amazing quote ever. <sighs> so, it's also sad to think that none of the survivors are alive. <sighs> but such is history. Things happen, so gotta have those historians out there trying to preserve shit. So, yeah, hats yeah. off to historians and archivists, man. It's true. Conservators do some amazing work, and I don't know how they do it, and it just amazes me. Real talk. <sighs> so, high five to you out there if you're a conservator or an archivist. I'm so sad now. I know. I can't come back from it. Baby, uh, come back. <laughs> there was no <sighs> word if they found Jack at the bottom either, so he's gone forever, too. You know, maybe he got on the door after Rose woke up and surfed his way to Greenland. I don't know. <laughs> Figure it uh, out. Near, <laughs> far, wherever you are. So on that note, I will read my story. Okay. And the good news is <laughs> the title of it, the email from this listener is Quick Morbid Story. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, love it. This is from Danielle, who is one of the hosts over on Monarchs and Malarkey, a podcast, Ew. which is good. Y'all should go listen to it. <laughs> All right. So, Danielle wrote in and said, So, I, Danielle, have family from Kentucky and Southern Ohio. Back in the 20s or 30s, one particular great-great-something or other uncle of mine, Rufus, fell in love with a married woman. Damn, Rufus. Scandal. I like that name, Rufus. I do, too. I wish my name was Rufus. Very (laughs) nice. I'd be like, call me fussy. (laughs) Don't say he, like, cuts down trees and makes shit wood. Rufus. So... If that wasn't bad enough, she was a woman of color, and of course, in that time, in that area, it was a big no-no. Well, that took a turn. (laughs) She said, well, their affair carried on for a while, and they thought they kept it a pretty good secret. However, one night when Rufus was supposed to meet his lady love on an old wooden covered bridge, he instead came face to face with her husband's gun. No! Poor Rufus. Run, Rufus, run! Rufus did not survive the encounter, and somehow, miraculously, her husband was not lynched, arrested, or otherwise murdered, as far as I can tell. Allegedly, his ghost and her ghost haunt that bridge to this day. They're together, at least. I mean, yeah. They're just off together. (laughs) True, but Jesus Christ, Danielle... Oh, my God. (laughs) That's such a sad story. Well, that was very sad. Thank you, Danielle. (laughs) Thanks, Danielle. 
I'm going to try to think of my most depressing shit to email you. Right? Yes, we're coming for you. <laughs> coming for you. We're not monarchs, so we don't have story. Goddamn. We'll figure Add it out. Malarkey for you. But no, <laughs> real talk. <laughs> we're like 80% malarkey. <laughs> Man. <laughs> that would be me. Okay. Well, I have a mostly uh, somebody told me something to look up, so I got really excited. (laughs) So Meg T, who is somebody I know from a Wine and Crime Facebook group, (laughs) uh, (laughs) said, look up Ponchatoula, Louisiana, the Hasana Church. It's the town right next to where I grew up. There's a really good Vice video on it, here. The first season of True Detective is loosely based on it. The story is wild. And indeed, Meg, the story is wild. (laughs) So there's a lot of different things on this, but I took a lot of this from a Telegraph article that was written by Tom Leonard, who was actually in Ponchatoula. So I kind of trusted him because he was ground zero for this whole thing. So... A charismatic preacher's son and eventual successor of his daddy's church took the parish by storm, but not exactly for Jesus. In a horrifying turn of events, Louis LaMonica Jr. and eight members of the Hasana church were accused of being members of a satanic pedophile ring that had ritually raped up to 25 children, as well as performing animal sacrifices. Fuck, this is a cheerful episode. (laughs) I know, like, why are we getting worse? Like, <laughs> shit. This is not, like, one up. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's one up in a different way. Yes. <laughs> Police say that some of those charged, who include LaMonica's wife and the deputy sheriff, so let's put that in perspective, admitted to devil worship inside of the now obsolete church on the outskirts of Ponchatoula, the parish's main town. So, a discovery of badly rubbed out pentagrams on the floor and eight boxes of hooded black costumes allegedly used both in the abuse and morality tales performed to prepare the young victims bear out some of the claims. The city, which is famous for its strawberries, so I guess that's kind of a happy uh, strawberry <laughs> Strawberries are my favorite fruit, so... I'm They're pretty- satanic. Satanic <laughs> strawberries. It's actually respectably pretty blue collar. The only eccentric thing about it is an alligator cage in the town that is occupied by Hard High, the local mascot. So, strawberries <laughs> and alligators. Okay. Most of its 6,000 inhabitants are factory workers in a nearby Baton Rouge and New Orleans. All the accused were white. Color me shocked. And they were described by local police as undereducated, and this is a quote, redneck country people. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, come on, South. Do better. Yeah, do better. I'm a hillbilly, but goddamn. Education, guys. It's possible. <laughs> Just... <laughs> you can uh, do it. LaMonica himself astonished police by walking into a neighboring sheriff's office and he confessed out of the blue that over five years he and other church members had sexually abused boys and girls aged between one and 16 and taught them to have sex with each other as well with the dog fuck what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck these make me so sad to read LaMonica who was 45 at the time said he had drunk a cat's blood and poured it over the bodies of his young victims some of who were the abuser's children 
Local police say his claims have been confirmed by some of the victims, of whom half a dozen or so have been interviewed, and by some of the fellow abusers whose names LaMonica freely gave to police. Other victims, known to the abusers only by, by first names or nicknames, have yet to be traced, prompting the FBI investigators to excavate the recently disturbed land on the site and scour the area with tracker dogs. LaMonica, a heavy equipment operator who was elected pastor in 1993, I'm dyslexic, okay, uh, <laughs> 1993, after his father's death, claimed the abuse began in 1999 and stopped in 2003 when the Hasana Church closed. The police believe it may have continued in the members' homes. <sighs> Most of the accused have been charged with aggravated rape of a child under 13, a capital offense in Louisiana. LaMonica faces two counts of aggravated rape and one crime against nature relating to a poodle. What the fuck? And the, it's fitting that there's a dog whining in the background as you say that. Even they are upset about this. Real talk. The FBI, which is involved because of the pedophilia material, has stopped looking for human remains on the church site. However, the sheriff, Daniel Edwards, said that more arrests may follow as the FBI interviews more people and analyze the seized evidence. Charles Reed, which is my grandpa's name. That's weird. A deputy <laughs> sheriff said that this included videos of morality plays performed to confuse the victims, and in some cases, their equally undereducated parents about the morality of abuse. Although Ugh. Sheriff Edwards has no doubt that some of the abusers believed that they were taking part in satanic rituals, Mr. Reed said it remained unclear how much they simply were pedophiles using these trappings and symbols of Satanism to be pedophiles don't don't blame satanism on your shitty decisions yeah so i'm getting from this it wasn't satan i was just a bunch of sick psychopaths group of yeah group of sickos yeah tim normand a retired property developer who lives next to the church said monica and his flock waged an intimidation campaign to try to force him to move out he said their behavior, such as making Indian whooping noises in his garden, became increasingly odd. He Yikes. said they baptized their children in his creek and said, you can't do it. There are gators in there. So. You know what? Let the pedophiles wade into the creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, just let them do it. Let the gators get them. But yeah, apparently there was like another case that a lot of people are like, oh, that's what true detective you know, face that up. I knew I'd heard some of this before. Yeah, so this is what people really think that they based a lot of that on, so. True detectors. Detectors. Detect. Why can't I talk? Why can't I ever talk? First season of True Detective, so. I love that season. It's really good. Yeah. Welcome to Louisiana, Ashley. Right? <laughs> Louisiana for that. But hey, they have strawberries. I hope you like strawberries. We're good there. <laughs> but. Yeah, I love just... strawberries, but I don't like pedophiles. I know the dog and then babies. I mean, uh, just... one year olds. Uh, I mean, it's all horrible. Don't get me wrong, but it's just. Oh, no, absolutely. It is. It Leave kids alone. And terrible. And the fact that these people exist in real life are really sad. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people watch this up, like season and didn't know that it was real and. You can disconnect, I guess, if you're watching, like, a show on HBO. And- yeah, I thought it was just fascinating. Or maybe based on several crimes, not just, like, really one horrific... Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm sure they took a lot from some other cases that I read too, but yeah, a lot of people think this is, but yeah, Meg lives town over. So yikes. Yikes. <sighs> I mean, I'm sure all of us have hometown stories, but this one oh, is yeah. pretty intense. Oh yeah, definitely. But that, that is, that is a lot. Mm-hmm. Yikes. So Natalie, is yours uh chipper? <laughs> I wouldn't describe it as chipper. <laughs> Fuck this but episode. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't I'm describe it as depressing either, though. Well, awesome. Well, you read yours, and then I will finish us out with one. Yay, September. Um, We're going to welcome you to the month with just travesties. <laughs> right? Well, this one, it, it really isn't depressing. It's The subject title is Creepy AF. <laughs> I love it. So it's actually, it's a long email, and it's two ghost stories, basically. So awesome. get ready for a creepiness. Not exactly depressing or anything like that, but creepy, okay? My body is ready. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is Creepy AF Ghost Story from Miranda. Hello, Hi, Miranda. Miranda. Hi, Miranda. So bear with me. It is a little bit of a long email, but it is worth it. It's good. I'm pumped. We'll All right. Here we go. Hey guys, I don't know if this counts as historical, but every story has to start somewhere, right? Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. So to start off, I spent a lot of my childhood in Kewanee, Illinois from 2001 to 2007, which is first grade to eighth grade. We lived in five different houses. My mom was one of those people who just could not settle in. The first house we lived in was near the high school but also had the main cemetery in our backyard. That's awesome. (laughs) To elaborate, we had a little sliver of backyard, a chain link fence, and then boom, bam, thousands (laughs) of graves. (laughs) We had been living there for a while and would hear creaking and whatnot, but never thought much of it. One night, my mom and my stepdad went to this military dinner. And she left my older brother, he was 12, in charge of me, I was 7, and my younger brother, 4. After dinner, my older brother put my younger brother to bed, and him and I were sitting in the living room. I had gotten up to get something, and when I got back, my older brother yelled at me for opening the front door and not shutting it. I told him I wasn't even near the front door, and we started fighting about it like siblings do. He got up off the couch to close the door and he slammed it shut by itself. Next thing, we know the front door and the back door are opening and closing like crazy. Him and I dive under the kitchen table and start crying. When it finally stops, we hear my younger brother start screaming upstairs. We run up to his room to find him hiding under his bed. My older brother grabs him and carries him downstairs. When he finally calms down, he tells us there was a man, and he was wearing black with a bolo hat, standing in his corner, staring at him. At the time, I also had a Barbie phone, the one that would ring, like, in your house, actually, and Barbie would talk to you. (laughs) Anyway, that used to ring in the middle of the night, and as soon as I would get up, it would shut off. And as soon as I would lie back down, it would start again. This happened at least three times a week. Dear God. (laughs) luckily for us and our mother's urge to try new things we didn't stay pied there very long however 
Four or five years later, we moved into a different house in the middle of Kiwani. This house was huge and beautiful and had a stained glass window on the back side of the house on the landing of the stairs. Later, we found out, I have no idea how many years ago, a father had put the window in when his daughter had gotten too sick with pneumonia to go to church. Guess which room she died in. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I would constantly hear footsteps walking around my room as I was laying in bed. There was one night where I could feel it walk right up to me. My friends and I decided we were going to put my phone in there, record it, to see if anything happened. Now, me and my friends, we were the only people there, and we were downstairs and had actually forgotten about it. It was a four-minute recording, and about halfway through, we could hear a man talking. Then all of a sudden, you hear as clear as day, no, daddy, don't. Yikes. (laughs) And I swear to all that is holy, I would not go near my room for a week. Oh, girl, I still wouldn't go near your room. Mm -mm. (laughs) Nope, not doing that. Nope. One day, I was sitting on my couch, and I had a blanket over me. A fucking indent shows up (laughs) next to me if, like, someone was sitting on the edge of the couch. Hey, thanks. I hate it. No, that's like my nightmare. Yep. By the way, that sentence right there is in all caps. (laughs) As it should be. Yes, accurately so. I stared for a minute, then lifted my blanket up, and I heard a thud on the floor. Because you threw that bitch on the floor. (laughs) I know, kind of rude. (laughs) I left and went to my friends for the day. Last but not least, the final straw for me. I, like, that wasn't the final fucking straw? Okay. Um, <laughs> I was up in my room and could hear the footsteps. I had a canopy around my bed and the curtain open. No. Nope. I grabbed my shit and went to sleep on the couch. I'm watching TV and I hear something behind me. And even though I told myself not to look, I turned around. There is a white apparition of a little girl standing Right there. Ooh, I'd elbow a little girl ghost in the face. (laughs) I covered my head with my blanket and cried myself to sleep. I was freaking terrified. I stayed at my friend's house for a week and told my mom we needed to move. Luckily, she was already looking for other houses. And every time I go back to Kiwani, I pass the house thinking I'm going to see this creepy little girl standing in the window. And she says, I'm a huge history buff, and if I ever get the chance to go back to school, I would love to major in history. She said, thank you for the great podcast. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. For these yeah, awesome, for creepy-ass ghost stories. Yeah, thanks for creeping oh. me out while I stay in my temporary housing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this. When I was oh, reading it, I just, so like, I just love it. It was so good. I'm so sorry you were traumatized as a child, though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah. That, yeah, that's not great. But you got good stories now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you survived. Good on you. Yeah. Be a survivor. Hell yeah, for Keep one to go to school for history. Yes. I test. It is fun. I highly recommend. That's oh, great. Thank you so much for writing in. That was such a good story. Yes. Thank you, Amanda. That was really good. I loved reading it. I hope I hope that drew you in. <laughs> you did. Apologies for anybody listening to this at night. <laughs> Right? Yeah, sorry, because, like, yeah, I'm in a well-lit room, and I'm freaked the fuck out. 
I hate the dark. I sleep with some lights on anyway, so it's kind of warm. <laughs> I feel like the back, the door behind me will start opening and scare them both. Because <laughs> I mean, it's usually my dogs, but you just don't know. <laughs> so yeah, before I get to our uh, the last story that I'm going to read, I have to share my own little spooky thing that happened. So my husband texted me this morning and said that at 2.30 a.m., he's still at our house in Arkansas. And he got up at 2.30 in the morning to go to the bathroom. And when he walked into the front part of our house, our bathroom's next to the kitchen. And we have a motion sensor activated faucet in the kitchen. When he walked in there and he's there by himself, the faucet was running. And when he took (laughs) a step to walk into the kitchen to turn it off, it turned itself off. Oh, no. And that has not happened to us before. Burn it with fire. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's just saying goodbye, little ghosties. Like, maybe it's just saying bye-bye because I know you're moving. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I've tolerated them for five years. So now they're like, well, okay, fuck her then. (laughs) (laughs) Or they're like, we've got you to ourselves. Your wife left and is in another state. Cool. Well, I am going to read this last story. This is from Leanne. Hi, Ah! Leanne. Hi, Leanne. She said, hi, how are you now? Good (laughs) news. Solid Letterkenny reference. Thank you. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for that reference. She said, hmm, couldn't help myself. By the way, there's a podcast called That for Letterkenny that I just found. Haven't listened yet, though. Me neither, but I need to. I follow them on Twitter. I just haven't listened yet. Leanne is just so delightful. She'll like DM us on Instagram and talk about Letterkenny and we love it so much. Yes, we're so happy. So yeah. So she says, in July of 2017, we lost my 16-year-old cousin Casey. Oh, I forgot to say that the uh, title or the subject is Quick Little Spooky AF Story. Okay, so and also I am taking bets right now on if this makes Kina cry or not. It probably will. It probably will. (laughs) Well, especially with how the episode's going. Yes, yes. I'm very emotional already. We, we have an accidental theme this in this episode. So in July of 2017, we lost my 16-year-old cousin Casey due to a rare form of brain tumor. Sad start, sorry. He loved soccer and played his entire life until he was diagnosed and had to start treatment. His jersey number was always 22. Remember that number. Casey played soccer for our high school and was close with his teammates. We went to the same high school just 10 years apart. Even when he couldn't play anymore, he would still go and cheer them on at their games, always wishing he could be out there playing with them. Now comes the spooky part that gives me chills every single time I think about it. One of our school's home soccer games after Casey passed was against one of our biggest rivals. The kids on the team planned a tribute for him. During the 22nd minute of the game, The crowd was going to stand and applaud in honor of Casey for the entire minute. All other sports being played or practiced on the surrounding fields were going to do the same, and some of them even walked over towards where the soccer game was being played to watch during that minute. So they didn't stop the soccer game for that minute. I don't think Casey would have wanted them to stop for him anyway. During the 22nd minute that the two teams were still playing, one of the guys from Casey's team scored a goal. Pretty sure it was the captain of the team, but I might be wrong. Not only was the goal scored during the 22nd minute of the game, but the time on the game clock when he scored was 22-22. Now, this story is kind of history-related in a couple ways, I guess. My cousin Casey loved history. He knew, like, every single U.S. president and random facts about them, which always amused us. 
Before he passed, he and my boyfriend, who is a Marine, talked about things that Casey found interesting about the armed forces. We didn't really have an, anyone in our close family that was in the military, so I think he enjoyed having someone he could talk to about this that actually had firsthand experience. Also, one of my many tattoos is the number 22 for him on the side of my wrist. I see it every day and think about him. I personally think that tattoos are a very interesting history topic, and therefore, this would be, this would, in a way, be a spooky AF tattoo story. And she said, LOL, I tried. You did well, Leanne. Thank you. Oh, I am, like, very emotional. <laughs> and then, I know, right? <laughs> the story makes me sad and happy all at the same time. He was a great kid, and I will always miss him. But I feel like, in a way, although I'm not entirely sure how, he's watching over the ones who care about him. After I wrote the original part of this email, I wanted to find one of the articles written on it so you guys wouldn't think I'm making it up. Leanne, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> she said, I'm crying now because I miss him, but I'm happy that I can share this crazy story with other people. Here's a link to an article from Yahoo Sports. So I'm going to open the link and we're going to actually, I'm going to read this article to you. Oh, I'm so happy. So this was published on Yahoo Sports on September 20th of 2017 by Eric Adelson. So, When the Clock Struck 22-22 is the title. Casey Taub picked 22 for his jersey number when he was in fourth grade. A lot of soccer kids choose 10 or 9, which tend to be the number of the sport's biggest stars. But the boy from Chappaqua, New York, went with 22 and stuck with it. Nobody really knows why. It was kind of appropriate, though. Casey was a bit more worldly and wise than the typical 9 or 10-year-old. He would go up to adults at his parents' parties and strike up conversations. He loved history. So much that as a child, he put a mustache of soap suds on his face in the bathtub and told his mom he was President Chester A. Arthur. Oh, my heart! <laughs> his dad, Jonathan, used to wonder, how is there a 40-year-old man trapped in a 10-year-old body? Casey wasn't quite like a 40-year-old, though. Closer to 22. He was 14 when he came down with what his parents thought was vertigo. After a battery of tests, though, there was an unthinkable reason for the dizziness, brain cancer. Initially, I thought it was something a lot of kids recover from, Jonathan says. Then we saw it was a mutated tumor, which you never want to hear. A high school sophomore immediately faced a challenge most never ha have to fathom. At one point, Casey looked at his father and asked, am I going to die? You immediately tell him no, Jonathan says. What do you do? You pray. He gets emotional as he remembers this conversation. He says he would have said no, even if the doctors gave Casey zero chance. There was a chance for Casey, just not a terribly fair one. And so it goes on and talks about how he was doing radiation six weeks, five days a week. There were three surgeries that he had. Then he got to have a make-a-wish. And he's, he chose to go to London. He wanted to meet his beloved Chelsea team, the football team. He also got introduced to some of the players on NYC FC back home. Ford, oh gosh, Ford Kyrie, I think, Shelton. I'm not a, I'm not a soccer player. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kept in touch. And he sat with Casey in the hospital. He stayed not for a few minutes, but for hours. So it goes on to say that Casey passed away the weekend before July 4th. He was 16. There were 800 people at the funeral. And then it goes down to talking about the minute for the ovation at the game, the 22nd minute. The minute came and the ovation began somberly. Then came an unplanned spike in noise and a loud crescendo. Matt LaForteza, a senior captain, so you got that right, Leanne, 
on Horace Greeley scored a goal. The moment was so special that it took another for the cloud crowd to realize the goal came at 22-22. So this is all awesome that it came at 22-22, everything, and everyone should go seek out that article, and we'll share that link on our social as well. So then Leanne goes on and says, Kina, my name, kind of name twin, because <laughs> Kina's middle name is Leanne. Yeah. Ashley and Natalie, I love the podcast and look forward to each and every single deleted scene, drunk dive, extra AF, and regular episodes you put out. I love history, but for some reason have a shit memory for it. <laughs> Listening, girl, yeah, we same. <laughs> There's a reason we write it down. Listening to the podcast and the way you guys talk about it somehow stamps it in my brain and I can actually remember things and bring it up in, re- in life and feel smart. Keep being awesome and entertaining and loving Letterkenny as much as you do. Girl, I will. <laughs> Love, Leanne Rachel. Uh, yeah, I did cry a little bit. Yeah. You got me. Oh, man. <gasps> right well, in the feelings. I feel like I want to dedicate this episode to Casey, but it's such a depressing episode. <laughs> well, yeah, this was a depressing episode, but it ended on a, a nice memorial note. Yeah, a little heartwarming. That. That's. It's a great he story. He sounds like the coolest kid ever. Like, yes. Oh, so, cheers, Casey. Yes, cheers to you. <laughs> we raise a glass or a bottle, whatever Natalie's drinking out of. <laughs> it's a bottle. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you, Leanne, and thank you to everyone that wrote in. And <sighs> that was a ride, people. <laughs> yes. Uh. And guess what? We have shout outs this week. Or to do in this episode. Me too. Well, it's only fitting we end with Leanne because she is one of our shout outs. She upped her pledge. Woo-hoo! Thank you, Leanne. Uh, we are Thank so you. happy that she is part of our little Patreon family. Real talk. We love Leanne. Me too. We love all our Patreon supporters and we know all of you individually and we're just so happy. <sighs> yes, we talk about you all like you're our best friends. Like, we know you in person. <laughs> We're like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I was talking to Leanne the other day. <laughs> and, yeah, like, legitimately. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's real. And then our other one, we have a $5. I don't. Oh, it's a, you say her name, so I don't say it wrong. Rafat? I'm so sorry. I know that it's the mom of Kai because Kai is the coolest 10 year old and we are his official biggest fans because Kai yes. also. <laughs> um, I also want to give a shout out to her too. Cause she started following on Instagram. I was like, Oh, Hey, like, hello girl. And someone <laughs> else uh, follows me on Instagram too. I didn't look up their name, but so yeah, thank you for the couple of listeners that have started following me on Instagram. Like, thank Where you. Where are my followers? No, too. kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Rafai, it's very, it just, it's so fun to talk to her, and we're so glad that she is supporting us on Patreon. <laughs> and, uh, we are huge fans of Kai. He sounds like the coolest kid ever. Yeah, what kind of rat-ass little kid, or 10-year-old, not little, don't tell him I just called him little. <laughs> uh, he's gonna hear it, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Kai. But <laughs> rad dude listens to us with his mom. Yeah, we are so happy that we do cuss, but apparently not too much to offend him. So, he's very, but in a funny way. He thinks we're pretty funny. We just love hearing his feedback. (laughs) For real. Like, oh my God, it makes my day. He just sounds like super intelligent and just so cool. So, 
very excited. But yeah, we're so happy. And if you guys want to join us on Patreon as well, there's a lot of cool pork pork porks. Porks. <laughs> pork. Pork pork. Pork pork. Pork pork. Uh, pork pork. <laughs> <laughs> my, my people I used to do that all the time from uh what is it? Muppets. I love it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We have a lot of cool perks, and we have tiers. It goes anywhere from $2 to $20, and every tier you get more and more stuff. And uh, head on over to www.patreon.com slash historicalafpod, and you can see all the tiers, and then you can see everything we've put up so far. It's just blacked out until you join. So we have drunk dives, deleted scenes, book lists, bucket lists, all kinds of cool shit. So you should definitely yes. check that out. We're still doing the thing, the thing where we... Uh... If you sign up or up your pledge, if you're already a donor, then we will send you a personalized letter from one of us of your choosing and some swag, mm-hmm. extra. Yeah, we got three spots left. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that we had gotten that many. Anywho, we have merchandise. Merchandise. <laughs> Shop.spreadshirt.com slash historical AF pod. T-shirts, dog bandanas. Uh, I forgot what else. Mugs. Mugs, t-shirts, uh, travel yeah. mugs. They even have, like, cell phone holders. Yes. Which, side note, I got a historical AF pop socket. Oh, that's so cool. So, cool I need to post it, and if anybody wants one, I can figure out how to get those. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want a pop socket, write to us, and we will hook yeah. you up. And um, also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Historical AF Pod. There is going to be a 20% off everything on our merch site coming up in early September. So you need to follow us. And then you can get a huge discount. Woohoo! We love That's my favorite word besides furry. Oh, my God. I'm excited. <laughs> I need another Ridiculous. shirt. <laughs> yeah, I do, too. Yes. I just got my first paycheck today, so I can start buying our merch. I know, I have a big pop, but I wear it so much, so I'm like, I need two, so that I'm not, like, wearing the same one all the time, obviously, but, yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, it's yeah. Not, it's not just a shameless plug. They're so comfortable. <laughs> for real. All right, well, I guess that concludes our extra episode for September. Oh, 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 no, we oh. need a... What did I forget? We need more stories, so email us your family history, your hometown history, a cool spooky story or something you have, you know, morbid adjacent, like some of the ones you heard today. (laughs) Email us at historicalafpod at gmail.com, and we will read them next month for our October, which is Halloween, which means we need more spooky. Let's do all spooky. October will be my wedding anniversary. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was such a beautiful wedding. Oh. Why, thank you. Memory. So the bride gra- bridesmaid to a waiter. <laughs> yes! Oh, I got that <laughs> reference. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, have a good month, guys, and we will see you for the next ep- extra next month. Bye! Bye!